Live from the Coachella Valley, time for another hour of the desert scene, art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater, big screen, little screen, and very little screen. This is the Culture Corner with Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And welcome to the Culture Corner on the, in this beautiful spring weather we're having. And hey, uh, new mask uh, mandate change. Oh, yes. Now we can, uh, if you're vaccinated, vaccinated, you can go ahead and go inside a restaurant and let loose for a moment. I mean, <laughs> wow. It doesn't seem like forever. And somebody else, I, I think it was Rachel Maddow last night, said she felt weird. She just felt weird. Because we're, we're so used to having them on now that like walking down the street, walking without it. But there, I mean, and there, there's some controversy, though, because people were saying, well, you know, how do you know people are vaccinated? Anyone can say, well, I'm vaccinated. Well, you don't. I mean, that's, you know, that's it's just true. one of those things. I think it's going to take a while. And, but there's still places, you know, air, airports, tra- you know, transportation hospitals. And, and if a store, if a business has a sign that says you must wear a mask, you still have to obey their rules. So, no. Yeah. There's certainly still some. I think at this point, it's not only a thing of social etiquette, but also social health concern. You know, yeah. the fact that it's nice to have that feeling of less of letting loose for a second, but also, you know, still being you want to be strength, smart safe. And, and considerate of others. Yeah, yeah. And, absolutely. And just like how, you know, you can go to the beach and be in a Speedo. Just don't take it off. <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe look in the mirror before you go out on the beach in the uh, Speedo. Maybe you shouldn't be wearing it. Yeah. <laughs> Just or, saying. or check if it's a nude beach. Yeah, right. No, just kidding. That's, that's just a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> so, Brian, lots of entertainment news. You wanted to talk, start with the Golden Globes oh, yes. controversy. So, you know what I like about doing this show at the end, uh, every Friday, as opposed to like a daily thing, is that we get the whole story in one bunch because yeah. this was a developing story last week. So, the Golden Globes. This story begins with Emily in Paris, a show that was on Netflix that was a critical flop. Now, it wasn't the worst show in the world. Now, it was it was just your average everyday show about a uh, white girl that tries to find love. Is anybody well-known in it? Um, it? For the most part, I think there's some well-known people, okay. but for the most part... It's just a lot of like unknowns like okay. Lily Collins and Ashley Park and people like that. But okay. the show, it was okay. Mm-hmm. But when it got nominated for the Golden Globe, a lot of people were very upset with it. Not because, not just because I May Destroy You, a critically acclaimed show about a black woman who tries to rebuild her life after she gets raped, mm-hmm. which was really beloved. And that show was excellent. A lot of people were like, why did Emily in Paris get nominated but mm-hmm. it was also because 30 members of the voting body had flown to paris where they spent two nights at the peninsula paris and were treated to a private lunch that was apparently paid by paramount network as a way to yeah, courting favor now that's <laughs> a little tacky that is yeah. and with that it, w- it soon led to investigations that found that members of the Hollywood F- Foreign Press Association were selling tickets to award shows to make some money, and they were receiving gifts from studios and donations to the go- to the Golden Globes. And also, they found out that there were no black journalists at the at the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. And with that being said, they also figured out that that nearly. T- uh, a lot of members collected nearly two million in payments from groups for being on different committees, and it's just one of those oh, things. A lot of slimy stuff going on. Yeah. yeah, and the Golden Globes, you know, it was starting to get to a point in February, but 
And when the award ceremony came out, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey made jokes about how, like, every this is one of their things. They said this. Everybody's understandably upset at the Hollywood Foreign Press Association and their choices. Look, a lot of flashy garbage got nominated, but that happens, okay? That's, like, their thing. But a number of black actors and black-led projects were overlooked. And... They also made a joke that we all know that award shows are stupid. They're all a scam invented by big red carpet to sell more carpet. Mm -hmm. So there's some good. So, I mean, it got to a point where some people felt that a lot of like I I May Destroy You should have gotten some Mm -hmm. nominations. And then it led to more of an investigation. And the Golden Globes recently this month said that they will try to they, they were voted for a proposition. Only five people didn't vote for it, but mm-hmm. uh, about 75 out of 85 mm-hmm. people, so 10 actually, mm-hmm. correction, 10 people didn't vote for it. They s- said that they're going to try to get 20 new members and they're going to try to increase membership diversity. diversity, membership by 50% in the next 18 months. And they even said th- the focus will be you know, on diversity, like you said. But soon enough, Netflix pulled out saying they will not participate or submit uh, awards consideration to them. Um, Time's Up, the CEO for Time's Up, spoke out against it, saying that these reforms were not done with urgency and that they should really take more time to implement these these choices and to take accountability. Because Mm -hmm. the fact is, you can't just say in the next 18 months, because the fact is, it's... You know, it's not that easy of a timeline. Amazon yeah. soon followed and said they will not submit films for consideration. Warner Media did, and NBC decided they will not air the 2022 Golden Globe Awards. They said they did say, however, each one of these has stated that they do believe the Golden Globes can reform, mm-hmm. but that they need to take that they're not that they have to divorce themselves in order for them to take the time to do they got to get get rolling take it seriously now yes like they're just dragging their heels a little bit yeah, yeah and for the most part they said that they will be hopeful to air it in January 2023 and tom cruise returned three of his awards so i'm gonna say that that it's a lot that the hollywood press association you know if they don't take it seriously i don't know what what else they can do yeah they're i mean yeah they're getting a, a that's a lot of pushback that's you know so you'd think that they would take it so we'll see what happens and i wanted to ask you like do you do you think in some ways the academy awards that this type of thing do you why do you think the academy awards didn't get it as hard as the golden globes like i i think in my personal opinion i think that it's because they actually went out of their way to actually make it more diverse in a much more quicker time span that's exactly what i was going to say i mean you have seen i mean there have been complaints against the academy awards for years also for the same thing but in the last you know what five or ten years i think they've now is it is it too slow yes it's always too slow but they i think have really moved forward and made concrete efforts to change and be more inclusive and diverse no and i think that when you look at the movies that they nominated last year you'd ask yourself how it took this song for two women to get nominated for well, best actor. I think there were three black actors who were nominated. Was it either supporting or best? There were three African American actors. Mo- I think like that's fabulous. Multiple in yeah. multiple categories, yeah. and so, and you saw how different types of movies came about. I think people get this impression that we're arbitrarily asking the Academy Awards to get one black person or one brown person. I think if you look at the movies that black and brown folks typically make, they're a little bit different 
in different topics like they tackle race differently or they mm-hmm. might tackle like a singer's life differently right it's because like to live as a black and brown person in america or in the world it's is a different l- experience yeah it's a different experience yeah and i know it's it's good to say we're all the same and we are we're all the same beautiful to a certain degree yeah, yeah. and but but like you said to a certain degree because we all live different experiences mm-hmm. and that's why like that's why movies like promising young woman were also in my opinion much more successful than a lot of other movies about revenge because it was a movie directed by a woman about a woman seeking revenge yeah. mm-hmm. and it it reads from dif- the woman's experience where yes and it yeah. reads differently than a man mm-hmm. writing about mm-hmm. that because for me like movies like joker which is about men about a man taking vengeance against society it's a little different when a woman when a woman directs a story about a woman because like you can see these two movies have they're similar they're mm-hmm. about people breaking down in society mm-hmm. but one is very angry and the other one tr- is one of those things where it gives a much more realistic version of it and the one that's directed by emerald Fennell, she knows how to like capture how real it is for a woman i imagine I, i'm not a woman so I, yeah. I imagine that's how it feels when watching that or just in general like i may destroy you i saw it I, I can't recommend it enough. It's really good. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's a shame that it didn't get nominated. But mm-hmm. it just goes to show that if you don't nominate great art, that you're not, that you're, that there's something wrong with your establishment, you know, mm-hmm. when, in my opinion. Absolutely. And sooner or later, you're going to get called out on it. You know, I, like there's too many people who have certain standards and want to see good theater, good movies, good whatever, and 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 diversity as well. Yeah. And it seems like the Tony Awards have, for the most part, been pretty successful at averting that because I've noticed that, like when we did when, in Black History Month, when we talked about the Tony Awards and wins, there are far more black and brown Tony winners than any other. Well, category. the theater has always been more diverse. Oh, than yes. film or te- television always they you know theaters always live theaters always been much more willing to be diverse and inclusive and take risks with d- alternative casting all that yeah and yeah. and I think one of the things is that they also I- in theater they have people that promote colorblind casting and I know there's always some criticism about that like for example like um, there's always going to be minor criticism where it's like maybe a role may not be flattering from a certain perspective for a woman of color to have like maybe they'll make mistakes here and there but like the fact is that i love how andrew lloyd weber in his case was like you know what i don't care if there's a black christine or a black phantom mm-hmm. or a, a if it's a good show and a good, good show. performances that's what matters yeah and that's what I, and that's what i love about it it's just that very rarely would he cast someone specifically for a race like in the case of Evita well because she's Latina yeah there's a strong preference for a yeah. Latina woman mm-hmm. now not so much back then but one of the th- but another thing I will say is that in the case I like to bring up a case study of like Aunt, uh, Annie mm-hmm. like the Annie musical on Broadway when it re- was revived had Nell Carter as Mrs. Hannigan and that was a pretty bold risk to yeah. have a black Mrs. Hannigan mm-hmm. as and then in, when the when the remake to the movie came out, a lot of people in the film industry were very shocked that a black Annie was there. So it kind of shows you the general attitude where nobody said anything about Nell Carter being mm-hmm. Mrs. Hannigan on stage. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. a young black girl being Annie in film is cause for alarm for some people. So it's, it, it shows you how the theater world and the film world can learn well one can certainly learn yeah. from the other well we'll see uh, the, it's going to be interesting to see 
how fast uh, they get their act together. You I, know. For me, I, I would want them to, um, I, I just would want them to take the time off to really just consider like. And f- f- focus on this. This is the issue you should be focusing on right now. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, I think another thing is that, that even though Emily and Paris didn't win, it, it is sort of interesting that for me at least, I, I it's so open how they just accepted those accepted that trip and everything and they went to the set and everything. Like to me that's a little tacky like no, you said that, tacky. It's like bribery. Hello. And yeah. I, I wanted to ask you like specifically like if you Oh, honestly, I almost forgot my question. Mm-hmm. I, I think I forgot my question for a second. But mm-hmm. I was gonna say that overall I think that this is a it's a pretty good timeline and I'm I'm kinda glad that all these people took a stand. So I'm curious. Absolutely. I, I'm 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 hoping so that's the best I could say before we go to commercial is I'm hoping that they get their yeah. stuff together. Fingers crossed. All right. We'll be back with more on the culture corner in just a moment. listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Here are Bonnie and Brian. And we're back in The Culture Corner. A little more entertainment news. Okay, Ellen. Ellen, <laughs> Ellen, Ellen. So apparently uh, she is calling it quits after, I guess, after this year, this season. Uh, she says... She's calling it quits with a talk show. She says it's because it's not a challenge anymore. And supposedly she says it has nothing to do with all the controversy about a bad work, toxic work environment, all this other stuff. I find that hard to believe. And, and you know, I used to like Ellen. I mean, I was oh, really yeah. happy when she finally came out of the closet and got a talk show. And, you know, she became she became comfortable in her own skin of who she really was. I thought that was great. And I used to watch a show in the beginning. But I, I'm just... Like I said, more if you have one person saying these things, or two different. But if you have three, four, five, six, multiple, both staff members and maybe guests saying this kind of stuff went on, it's hard to believe it's not true. You know, I, I agree with you. I think for me, like the Ellen DeGeneres situation, I look, for a while there has been speculation about when Ellen was going to leave her show because it had gotten to a point where people noticed that she wasn't into it, into yeah. it anymore. Yeah. But it, for me, I think that her leaving during the 19th season – it makes a lot of sense because you can't recover from this really yeah. this quickly. I think yeah. for me personally, I, I think it would be a very wrong of her to just sort of dismiss it as, well, you know, I was hope I, I didn't know it was a toxic work environment. Mm-hmm. Well, if people were literally afraid to look at you mm-hmm. and it was not just one person, but multiple people, mm-hmm. then you probably should be careful. And also mm-hmm. for me, like I saw this one guest, well, it wasn't a guest, but an audience member who 
you know, they they did this experiment where they put all sorts of free merchandise and everyone was told to take one. Mm-hmm. And this woman took two. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, no big whoop, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, it's free merchandise. Right, like, right, right. what do you expect? And Ellen kind of made a joke and really went Humiliated for her. Humiliated her. Yeah. And it got to a point where I was sitting there and I remember I was watching it live with yeah. somebody and I was the only one that wasn't really amused by it. I was like, this is not funny. It's yeah. not funny to me. Yeah. And also the waitress who accused Ellen of being really rude to Got her. Got fired because her nails weren't done or something. <laughs> I, yeah, I read. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I got to say that, Ellen, it hasn't been a challenge for a while because you get A-list celebrities every week. Mm-hmm. The reason why it's a, not a challenge, it should be more of a challenge now because you have all these accusations and you have plummeting ratings. Her ratings have plummeted down. Yeah. yeah. And this one producer on her show said, <laughs> said on um, a former producer said that Ellen DeGeneres can't relate to real people and that she should go to an island with nothing but animals because she can't relate. She relates more to animals than people. And that's I mean, that is a problem. If you're hosting a talk show w- with people and you're talking to people, if you're uncomfortable with doing that, then, yeah, that's probably not the best job for you. And, I, and one of the things that I'm going to be honest, it kind of made me cringe a little bit in my seat was when she tried to passively make the joke of well I wanted to end it after 19 because it, 19 seemed like a good number and the 19th amendment and I'm like please do not bring up the 19th amendment <laughs> like that doesn't make sense uh, yeah that's a stretch that's, yeah that, I mean <laughs> and I was sitting there thinking to myself this is it, it's an end of an era but mm-hmm. it's also one of those lessons that you have to be taught that you'll know that sometimes celebrity them doesn't really make someone better and a lot of times well you know somebody it i think this this quote i'm going to tell, tell you applies to show business too and i think michelle i think it was michelle obama who said uh the presidency doesn't uh change who you are it reveals who you are oh, same yes. thing for stardom same things for stardom it reveals who you really are as a person so if you're a jerk uh, you know, and people don't really have a nut, and you become a big star. Very often, you become more openly a jerk. So, yeah, and I, it, I mean, like I said, I, I really was rooting for Ellen back when she, you know, she came out of the closet and kind of became comfortable in her own skin, and it, you know, got and all that, and then she got. I thought that was great. And you'd think that going through that kind of personal, emotional, psychological trauma, you know, people shunning you and all would make you more sensitive to other people's feelings and would then prevent you from any kind of toxic work environment. So it's a little surprising to me. And it's one of those things where Ellen DeGeneres also promotes herself as a kind, kind person. Yeah, yeah. That's part of her self-image. And mm-hmm. for me, it's one of those things where it's great to promote kindness and all that. But I always said to someone, someone who is kind is not necessarily someone who's good. Not mm-hmm. necessarily. And mm-hmm. I've always said that, for example, like if you're a kind person, a bad person can be kind to you. And I think Ellen Generous is an example of someone that I consider morally questionable, but uses kindness as sort of like a tool in their arsenal. Because mm-hmm. like, let's be honest, like, Outside of that, she can carry an audience, and she has the talent to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also wrong of her to, like, continue doing a show where there's not only a toxic work environment, but not to fully address it because yeah. people have feelings, and we shouldn't. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, I know a lot of people come for Barbara Streisand for saying the little people, but at least you know, I think that Ellen DeGeneres falls into that category. She thinks of these people as little people. She may not say it in so many words, but it sounds like her behavior, you know, shows that. 
And yeah. also one of the things is that Aunt, it there is something kind of telling like about her relationships in the past, like Anne Hache, her relationship with Anne Hache ended very badly. Ended very badly, yeah. and and you, you can see tell that Anne Hache isn't exactly um, quite happy to get to get a, to receive Ellen DeGeneres as an as an amicable ex. Like there have mm-hmm. been videos of Anne Hache sort of dismissing the Ellen yeah. question. Mm-hmm. So those are signs. Like yeah. I've always said that we should have listened to Anne Hache a little bit more mm-hmm. rather than scrutinize her. Well, I think it's sad, and I think it's disappointing and sad, sad for Ellen, sad for everybody. Maybe she'll go get her act together. I hope so. And whatever inner peace she has to find, I hope, hope so. Hope she finds it. Yeah. And I yeah. hope whatever inner peace her guests and her employees have to find I hope they find it too alright we're going to be back with Deanne LaBelle after break the curtain rises on local and regional arts and entertainment From music to theater, films to fine art, it's The Culture Corner. Get connected. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And we are back on The Culture Corner. And now we're welcoming um, a friend of mine, uh, author Deanne Lubell. She's a very talented lady. I've I've known her through the Women Leaders Forum and and Media Mavens and all kinds of women's groups in town. She's written several books. But the reason we're having her on today, it's um, initially sad, very sad story, but she's taken a personal tragedy and made it into uh, something positive that can help other people. Hi, Deanne. How are you? Hi, Bonnie. I'm doing just great, thank you. So, um, we got to start out by telling the, the story that's just so sad, and I, I'm looking at the graphic of Amy's purpose of your adorable little dog, Amy. So, tell <laughs> tell tell us what happened. Uh, my uh, my partner and I had moved to the high desert, Yucca Valley, in uh, September of 2019, and. W- we live in kind of a rural area, but thought we had a fairly safe backyard for our dogs. Uh, and I think it was probably uh, two or three months later, actually December 22nd to be exact. Mm-hmm. And before I even go any further with the story, we had been told there were predators and wildlife in the area mm-hmm. and so I think at the beginning we were very vigilant mm-hmm. and very careful when we let our dogs out but over time you one becomes a little lackadaisical and you're not quite as uh, alert or aware as you should be. Yeah. And it looks innocent out there, you know, mm-hmm. on a broad daylight and the sun is shining. Yeah. And it's a gorgeous Sunday afternoon. And so what I did was uh, we have a, an American bulldog, 75 pounds. Amy weighed probably about 10 pounds, a little terrier mm-hmm. rescue, puppy mill rescue. And I let them out back, went to get a cup of tea, turned around to see our cat with its paws on the doors, on the fridge doors, which is very 
unusual. Mm-hmm. Her ears were back. I could see the American bulldog cowering against the other side of the French door. We ran to the door and just in time to see three coyotes tearing little Amy apart. Oh, oh my God. Um, it, it happened within minutes, maybe two minutes, three at, at the most. So, oh. of course, uh, and she was my sole dog. Oh. Um, she was, I've owned a lot of dogs and I've loved them all dearly. But she was definitely my sole dog and uh, had quite a little following on her own in a fan club. So Mm -hmm. many, many people out there uh, love this dog as much as I did, to tell you the truth. Oh, my God. I don't know. Uh, Gosh, I don't just don't. So I I, I know that that had to take a long time to just process and grieve over and what how how soon oh it takes time but how soon and i can't even imagine them. i have two big dogs i have a goldie and a, a lab rescue but i can't even imagine when did you start thinking about turning this into something to help other people the next day okay no i really did bonnie uh i i was in shock i was in grief uh, I had witnessed this. I witness it. It's, it's, it's just. I, I mean, I still have flashbacks. Oh yeah, I to, can this, to this day. Um, but I thought, oh no, this can't happen to somebody else. We of the dangers lurking around. Mm-hmm. We are in their territory. Yeah, you know, it's 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 like I and I do emphasize. It's not the coyotes' fault. They mm. they were here first. Yeah, and they are found in rural areas, suburbs, small towns, uh, gated golf communities, large cities. Just a few months ago, both uh, a man and a child in separate incidences in the heart of Chicago, in front of a museum, were attacked by a coyote. Wow! So they're they're everywhere yeah so it's not just if you're in a rural area where we were mm-hmm. the, the they're there they're yeah. there as well as other predators as uh mountain lions bobcats hawks owls rattlesnakes so i immediately had the mindset i did not want this to happen to somebody else's Mm. beloved pet yeah i uh, didn't know where i was going to go with it and i think probably within a week or so that between friends and family and myself we came up with this idea to do a non-profit i know yeah. uh, a non-profit uh, just to make people aware and the we the name just fit. Yeah, Amy's purpose. purpose. Yeah, absolutely. So the goal. So the goal of this program is simply awareness. Mm-hmm. And there'll be other programs and services and features, but to have a, a, a Facebook and website to let people know of sightings, killings, how to safeguard, grief counseling. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a place to share personal stories, get advice. Um, yeah. So uh, 
this is what this is where we're we're, we're headed, yeah. and we're just we're in our infant stages. We just launched this uh, within the last few days. So, mm-hmm. uh, but a COVID was a big delay. For sure, us. sure, yeah. So, so, so what? What if you? Gosh, it seems so. If, if so, if you ha- and you're, as you said, it's not just remote rural areas; it's other places too. So, if you have. Um, what what advice would you give people? I mean, are, is, at this point, is, it almost feels like you can't ever let your dog out in the backyard at all. I mean, what what would you tell no. people? You cannot let your dogs, I don't care where you live, uh, and I don't care how high your wall, Coyote, for example, and then I'll, I'll get, I'll answer your question directly, but uh a coyote can scale a 10 to 15 foot wall wow. with ease, mm-hmm. with ease. Yeah. Uh, a bobcat can leap 25, 30 feet. They can leap from the ground to the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the, so, you know, you're looking around and you think, oh, I have a fenced in yard. I live in a gated community. Uh, my dogs will be safe. I can let them out back. And, I, and frankly, when I lived in La Quinta in a gated community, I did that all the time. Yeah. I never thought twice. Mm-hmm. I I was totally not aware. I, I think I was, I think I felt like, okay, let's just keep an eye on them every so often, but they'll be fine in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, consequently, uh, one thing is if you think you have a fenced-in, walled-in yard that is not going to keep a predator out. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get what they call the coyote. It's like barbed wire, and it's a, it's a roll, and you can put that on top of your wall, your wall or your fence. But um, as far as letting your pets out by themselves, even your big dog, mm-hmm. um, you're taking a risk. Yeah, because now that now they are going after not just like little Amy, yeah. but they're going after they're going after bigger dogs, uh, <sighs> even small horses. Uh, their crazy. their food supply. One of the things that have happened in both uh, the high and low desert, and you've probably have heard this, uh, especially in the Palm Springs area, is that the rabbits uh, have been uh, thinned out tremendously because of the disease that they got Mm -hmm. over the last just two years. So when that happens, that takes away the coyotes or other predators. Their food source Mm -hmm. is is gone. So they're going to hunt for something else to take their natural food source place. And... I just want to make sure we get everything in uh, before we run out of time. So real quick, uh, for more information, you can go to www.amyspurpose.net or the office number is 818-946-8086. And one other thing I noticed in your press release, which I love, is you're also uh, helping to establish more adequate and affordable 24-7 emergency pet care because there's not a lot of it in the desert. It's, it's a crisis. Yeah. It's a real serious crisis, uh, low and high desert. Uh, if, if your animal gets injured or becomes ill after hours or on a weekend, Sunday especially, mm-hmm. 
uh, you, there's nowhere to, to really go. go. Yeah. Even your even your so-called emergency places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had this experience recently with my American Bulldog. Um, I called, and I'm sorry, we're just booked full. We can't take any more. I called Banning. I called Beaumont. I the the, the vet hospitals in those areas, and uh, I've heard so many horror stories yeah. where people have had to uh, rush their vet, try to rush their their animal to a vet nearby, and they end up having to drive an hour or two just to, to find get, a place. Yeah, yeah. That and and with change. with a population of our low and high desert, uh, it's just it's not acceptable no. to have this kind of situation with all the people. Practically everyone I know has some kind of pet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to get this in, but so what? What advice would you, would you give people? Go, if go if you're going to take let your pet out in the backyard, go outside with them. I mean, is that the best thing to do at this uh, point? Yes, especially little ones. Mm-hmm. You do, don't let don't let your little dogs out of your sight. Uh, these these coyotes have become so aggressive yeah. that uh, even if you're out walking your dog, they'll come uh, up and on a leash. They'll still snatch the dog. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and and if you go to the website, uh, there is a a tab that'll lead you to ideas for protection. Okay. And well, and so that I think that's the best thing to do is just go to the website. If you have any questions, any suggestions, like we said, we're in our infant stage. Yeah. Uh, we're 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 open to in to hear what the public has to say or what they want, what they need, and don't hesitate to call or, or go to the site. And just one quick thing, we're yeah. also yeah. dealing with human predators. We have yes. now, uh, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, oh, it's, it's just alarming how uh, dogs are now being uh, snatched, snatched up, purebred yeah. pure, pure yes. uh, to be resold. Or, for uh, bait, for dog. dog fighting, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, Deanne, so. thank you. So, uh, I, my heart goes out to you, and, and condolences for your loss. I know it's been a couple of years, but God bless you for turning this into something positive to try to help everybody, other dogs and other owners in town. And um, what a great thing to do. I, I really c- congratulate you for doing this, and I wish you the best with Amy's purpose. And I know she's watching down on you and saying thank you. Oh, thank you, Bonnie. I really appreciate it. Thank you so we're, much. We're, we're, here, we're here to make people aware, not fearful, just yes. aware. All right. Thank you so much, Deanne Lubell and Amy's Purpose. Thank you so much. We'll be back with more on the Culture Corner in just a moment. You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Live from the desert cities of Southern California, here's Brian and Bonnie. So we got an interesting story that I saw on NBC News that (laughs) I just thought was one of the most interesting stories I've heard. So, man, it's the story about a woman who rented a VHS tape tape in 1999 which led to felony charges for a texas woman so this woman (laughs) so a a while back ago this woman carol mcbride she was a former resident of oklahoma and she 
figured out that when she was married when when she changed her driver's license after getting married in texas in november 2020 she realized that they sent her an email and the email said that she has an issue in oklahoma and that she called she had this reference number and they said that she ha- there was a felony embezzlement charge because of a videotape that she never returned. Embezzlement? Because she didn't return a videotape? <laughs> and it was in 1999 and she never returned it. And apparently it was a videotape for Sabrina the Teenage Witch from Norm, uh, from a place in uh, in Oklahoma, Norman, Nor- Oklahoma, called Movie, Pal- uh, Movie Place. Okay. It closed in 2008 and she said she was shocked when she heard about the felony embezzlement yeah. and she thought she was going to have a heart attack, but the case itself got dropped and luckily it got dropped because there's no vic- former victim, yeah. right? Like there's no actual victim in this case with the store being closed. Yeah. yeah. And well, that's crazy. I mean, there is no malintent in not returning expired rental. Yeah. But let that be a lesson to all of you who are, you know, <laughs> renting anything. Make sure you take it back. Get it back. Wow, that's crazy. And she had said she had never seen the show before. And so she went in and didn't even watch it? She Apparently she doesn't oh even gosh. remember watching it. And she said that, wait a minute, but I, I've never seen this show. And so she said that her and her husband finally checked out the show and it wasn't her cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... I mean that uh, she actually said that she for years had been trying to get a job but she kept getting denied work and she didn't know why and that's it was because of this yes <gasps> wow I can't. wow it's just it's a story like and I, so she didn't know about it until she tried to change her driver's license yes because she got married oh my gosh <laughs> wow you'd think they would have sent her a notice notices notices along the way and you would almost think that if it was a felony they would come for her a yeah, lot fe- harder a felony i mean that's just craziness embezzlement yeah I mean, and i don't understand why they have that came up with embezzlement um i don't know uh, you know the funny thing is that i have i guess it would count as embezzlement in the sense that like I remember I used to go to swap meet and banning a lot and there would always be videotapes and they still have videotapes there, yeah. which I'm like, okay, well yeah. like, let it go. Yeah. And I was, and one of them was like a blockbuster video videotape. Like when they mm. have the blockbuster logo yeah, on it. Yeah. And my first thought was, um, that's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> that's illegal. But I, I don't care to be honest with you. It's yeah. a video rental, whatever. Yeah. And probably the reason why blockbuster went down under because of stuff like that. Yeah. But I guess that would count as embezzlement because you're selling it. But I don't know. Like, that, I think that's a little. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> that's a little ridiculous. I, I don't know. Possession of stolen property or something. I don't know. And I what was, else we got? We also got Seth Rogen refusing to work with James Frankel because of abuse allegations. So James Frankel, a while back ago, was accused of sexual assault, sexual harassment by and not only by multiple women and one of them being a minor. And so James Frankel basically was you know uh did he deny it did he He, say anything he pretty much denied it and didn't say much and the case the allegations themselves were kind of down low meaning Mm -hmm. that they happened but afterwards like kind of faded away faded away but his career also went down the drain too Yeah. yeah so seth rogan stated in an interview that he felt that his relationship with uh 
Franco was more awkward and a little bit less definable now that he mm-hmm. says that he has no plans to work with Franco in the future and he doesn't see their working relationship as being something that is at this moment repairable mm-hmm. and the two of them had worked together in movies like Pineapple Express and just a lot of movies at World's End so it to me this is an excellent example of keeping your home as the as the youth would say keeping your homeboys in check you know like (laughs) and like i like that okay (laughs) but keep your homeboys in check (laughs) but it is true though like you do because i feel like a lot of times men will work with other men who have been accused of something bad Mm -hmm. without critically thinking you know what does this reflect on me does this because it does it does the company you keep yeah and i mean you've worked in show business has there ever been a moment where you have met someone that was really nice but then you figured out that they work a lot with someone that you don't think is a generally good person you know that's so funny yeah yes and uh, that's a whole you know we have to do a whole show on that that but what sometimes what happens is your my experience with someone might be very different than your experience with that person and maybe your experience with that person was bad but maybe they were having a bad day or it was a bad time in their life or they've changed and it's sometimes it's hard to understand well why what why do you not like well because and it's it's really and i've had the same i've had people say that about me some you know some people love me and some people say well i worked on and you it's sometimes it's hard to understand you're like really that sounds like a different person yeah and you i know? can see why james franco um, um seth rogan would have a hard time at first mm-hmm. trying to not only like i guess like try to be friends with his with his friend franco because they had worked together since the 90s yeah. but also i i can't imagine like something that serious you know well there, there has to be a line i mean and i've i've had people in my life in you know various careers and shows whatever that there comes a time when it doesn't mean that you have to publicly trash that person it doesn't mean that you have to send poison pen letters but you just say you know i think i'm just gonna distance myself from this person because i just don't feel comfortable anymore you know and, and i certainly agree with you on that because i feel like I've been in a case recently where I had a friend who was accused of something. I'm not going to say what it was, but I actually said to myself, you know what? I'm just going to keep my distance and not um, take any real sides on this because I said to myself. Not sure what the real truth is. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like in, in my case, it was a little bit more shades of gray because yeah. mm-hmm. more so than the Franco Seth Rogen he's, he's had a Franco's had a bad reputation for a while now. Yeah. yeah. And I've also heard, I mean, we've mentioned a couple of weeks ago that at the Academy Awards, he was pretty harsh on Anne Hathaway mm-hmm. saying don't you dare come for my comedy or yeah. don't you dare tell me how to be funny yeah. and I think for me it's like it, it reflects a lot on a person when you decide to distance yourself from that type of toxicity yeah and absolutely it's, and it's also reflective of someone when like you're accused of something really harsh but there's behavior that indicates that you don't exactly respect women mm-hmm. so to me it's like the Franco allegations I'm more inclined to I'm going to be honest to believe them. Yeah. Because there is a behavior of him sort of viewing women a certain way. Because like, even in his movies, like women, the the movies that he doesn't produce have great female roles. Mm-hmm. Like women roles, like the Spider-Man movies or mm-hmm. Freaks and Geeks. But the films that he produces, women are mostly objects. And yeah. there was one moment where Seth Rogen made a joke that maybe he should be a young girl. So, Seth, Seth, uh, so James Franco would notice. So I think he has for a while notice some bad behavior mm-hmm. and it's good that he finally distanced himself i mean it's not it's never too late to distance yourself yeah yeah and good that. for him you got there's got to be a line we all have to have a line all right we'll be back with much more after 
just a few words on the Culture Corner. <laughs>